Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mana on the Rocks. It is I, Joe. Joining me this week, we have... Who is this? It's 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 Atlas. It's Atlas. Say hello, Atlas. Hello, everybody. This week, we're doing a tournament recap. Uh, our local shop, uh, Gabby's Olympic Cars and Comics, held our last quarterly event for the year. Um... So we're we're talking talk. We're seeing we're we're seeing what people brought to the tournament. We're talking our own games, figuring out what happened. Um, what you need to know what happened is actually these announcements that are coming up right now. Atlas, inform these people. Uh, all right. So I think the only announcements that are pertinent right now is that regional championships is just around the corner um, on November eighteenth uh, and nineteenth. So uh, when when this episode airs, it's going to be just just about a week. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, hopefully we'll see a bunch of really good players there and I'm really looking forward to competing uh, with and against you all. Um, as for anything else, I don't think there's really anything else coming up for the end of the year. Um, just keep keep in mind that that uh, that eminence circuit uh, it is started up here as of the first of this month. So start looking for those events. Um, they allow you to get your qualifier points. So if you get enough, you can get invited to the the Eminence uh, Invitational at the end of next year. Um, got ten months to accumulate those points and do as well as you possibly can. But that's really all for announcements this week. All right. Well, got to shout out the lucky patron as always. This week's episode. Shout out to Rez. Thank you very much for the continued support. You should come on down get a drink with us over overall like uh, how how i guess at the start of the episode overall how do you think the the tournament was for you um i felt pretty good about it i think all my cards at this point i'm just like evaluating cards for different things i'm just trying my best to play to the best of my ability and have fun and i think i did a good job of both of those things and all the cards they had performed as intended so yeah Let's go. I had, a, I had a good experience overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? What? What were like the highlights and like the low points? I think uh, the highlights. Let me think here. I had a I had an absolutely phenomenal game too. It was super fun. Um, very very interactive. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of like negotiating tricky board states i had an absolute soul read on my opponent across the table oh yeah where they had turned they had turned zero gemstone caverns in from second seat and i went uh turn one land dork pass and they go turn two or turn one land demonic tutor they search their library and they pass the turn and i uh it gets back around to me and i play mana crypt and i'm looking at my hand trying to decide what to do and i was like i think i think i need to do something to stop the demir player across from me because uh, because they have Thoracle and Consult in hand. That's what they detutored for. Mm-hmm. And they just looked at me and they're like, how do you know that? And I was just like, well, I do now. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You just self-reported. You fell for uh, it. I was just like, I was just like, uh, all right, I'll cast a Spellseeker, get a Fluster Storm. And then the Attracts a player to my right also tutored up a Fluster Storm. And the, the Consult was just never going to resolve after that because we had held on to them for the entire game. Basically, we almost got trounced by Tivit, but he ended up getting knocked to one life and dying off of just a stray extort trigger. Oh, oh. So yeah, it was a, but it was a really, it was a really, really enjoyable game. And then my game four was uh, also like super, super engaging. Um, very complex board states. I had to navigate with a uh, two Ristic studies, a Mystic Remora, and a Talion that I was fighting. Oh God! Basically. 
yeah, basically 1v, 1v3-ing. Um, but we ended up getting there in the end, thanks to Dockside and Extortionist being a nutty magic card. It's a very good magic card. I'm a big fan of that card myself. Yeah, but other than that, I think everything was pretty good. The semis games were really intriguing to watch. Um, I think there were some really interesting plays and like some really good pilots up there. Uh, there was a um, uh, Aranus Street Urchin a Hulk deck that made the oh, top really? 10 cut. Yeah, that's cool. Was, um, that they, they literally kissed victory. Um, it was really, really, they... They misplayed one single time on their final fortune turn, and that's the only reason they didn't win, uh, is they didn't shroud their Sylvan Safekeeper that they could have. Um, oh, that's... I hate, I hate hearing those was, things. Like the it was so unfortunate, misses. because it all came down to a chain of vapor on their Snoop piece. Oh. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's really what did it in, so... That's tough. Oh, I... Oh. That's so tough hearing. As someone who has also like narrowly missed a lot of games, it always just hurts my soul being like, yep, you played perfectly, and then the one mistake you make all game ended up being the most consequential mistake you could have possibly taken. Yeah, they were in a super, super dominant position for most of that game too. Kinnon got knocked down to like five life super early in the game. Tivit was kind of doing stuff. And um, then Atraxa was like, struggling a little bit on to accumulate resources and at some point during there was a three ball in play from Aranus for a lot of the game uh and then at some point they resolved the dockside extortionist for like eight or nine or something like that and they were just able to just machine gun the entire table yeah yep they yeah they were killing tivets and like it was just wild killing tivets we're paying for ward triggers oh my god yeah they are uh, so that was a really interesting, um, really cool uh, thing to to watch. And then uh, the other semis pod was also like uh, it was also it was less of a nail biter, I think, but it was also super super interesting to watch. Just um, Rog Sai and Demir Malcolm uh, just duking it out mm-hmm. uh, basically while Kodama Sakashima and Five Color Sisse struggled to get a foothold. Um, but yeah, both games were really good. And then the winner's pod was, um, it was an interesting game. Um, it was a Traxa, uh, myself, um, Demir Malcolm, and uh, Adric and the War Doctor. So it was a really interesting pod comp as well. Yeah, they're the War, uh, our, our pilot on the War Doctor. The War Doctor is a cool card. Like, I, I keep forgetting that the card is any player. And like, The card is very, very strong. And yeah. it's going to be, I think we're going to, as the Doctor Who mechanics get explored more, I think we're going to see a lot of like new strong archetypal decks emerge from uh from that set uh similar to how we saw with like Baldur's Gate where a lot of the like the cards that we now consider like super super busted or even cards that we're still discovering to be really busted like different background pairings like Aranus, right? Aranus and Street Urchin like a lot of people like we're like what do these cards do when they first came out? And now we're seeing decks pop up where they're putting up results and they're taking games off of top tier CDH decks. And um, so it's really interesting to really interesting to see how the the Doctor Who stuff is going to develop. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like I, I've gone through the set list like once or twice, and each time I pull away with a different thought of like, oh, these cards are kind of cool. And then like I see some cards in action, I go, 
like the War Doctor, for example. Like, there are just a lot of things that just incidentally are exiled to put a counter on him, and then yeah. he just swings and kills someone. Oh, for sure. And it's it's one of those things where it's like people don't respect it yet because oh, no, it's a all. super unknown quantity. But I think anytime you see something that says deal two or more damage to any target and it's repeatable for free, to my it's, mind, that's a very strong good. magic card. It's very. I mean, like we're like we complain about like bowmasters being able to just pick things off one by one and like one toughness is such a bad place to be for a good card like yeah no repeatable two damage two plus damage 100 percent. like that's so like you have to evaluate those things differently now that we like have seen what bowmasters does which is effectively just effectively just like a lesser version of that card i think to some extent yeah um it's it's like i think it's a better well, it, version it, of the card it, but it, it does a different deal, version yeah yeah it just the the doctor can just deal so much damage right off the bat if you set it up correctly yeah um so it's just really interesting to see that um yeah i think there's gonna be a lot of i know there's like been some people brewing different like food chain lists with doctors mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. there's some interesting stuff because there's there's a partner for the doctor who set um where you can set the companion's color uh to whatever you like and it doubles doctor triggers um so oh I think yeah, there's yeah a yeah. lot of yeah clara oswald so i think there's a lot of like unexplored space here still and we're gonna see uh even yet more cards come out that uh that really start to like push new new builds new commanders mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you think that's like so i mean recently we've talked a lot about like the design of magic cards and like trying to bolster three colors because all the doctor uh companion combinations are all three colors right it's the doctors are two colors and the companions are all more, uh, yeah the highest you can get with anything after the original commander 16 partners is three colors okay okay that's what i that's what i thought uh, i guess uh, you can do four color with the stranger things kids true that's true i wasn't counting them but yeah, yeah you can yeah. get up to four or even five color with the stranger things kids um but the cards are a little bit little janky sometimes um we could still see builds develop yet though because i know that like like baby pod wasn't a thing for a long time everyone said oh the stranger things kids are pretty unplayable mm -hmm. and look where we are now so, yeah it's just like anything else in the in this game we're just waiting for that one card to get printed that breaks something and pushes an entire deck together true true do you is it do you think the design is where it should be in terms of, like the power level like is it powerful and interesting enough honestly yeah i think that I think a lot of the Doctor Who stuff is, uh, it's either like just generically strong or it's, I think probably more of it is sleeper good. Mm -hmm. Like the War Doctor is obviously generically strong. It's red and white, which are two very good colors. And then the partner pairing stuff allows you to splash in other colors to suit your play style. Um, other, other commanders, uh, like the, was it the renegade doctor or something like that anyways there's a green and red one that allows you to like retrace or flashback spells once a turn oh yeah yeah that card's pretty cool i like that card yeah so there's some different pairings you can do with that some cool tech that people were talking about um like neoform and things so i think that i think there are a lot of cards that are just like they're generically strong or they're like secretly like sneaky really really good at mm -hmm. doing like one niche thing but in we're playing commander like one niche thing is sometimes all your commander needs to do especially if it does it really well in a in like a three or four color combination pile where you can also just play good cards mm -hmm. you can surround the strategy enough with just like what you should be doing given your color identity 
yeah, yeah. that it kind of like it cushions it but then the efficacy of your of your card in the command zone makes it so that your strategy really pushes a step ahead mm -hmm. and i think that's like one of the things to consider um going forwards is like we like you were saying what is good set what is good card design and i think um honestly i think doctor who like we can complain about it being ip all we want but like the actual design of those cards is very good for the mm -hmm. most part especially mm -hmm. on the commanders the yeah. the rest of the cards like the, i think like, i think the 99 are kind of eh. i think i i don't think i i think it's so hard to evaluate like the 99 uh, when it comes to those things, because I, I feel like we've been very, very spoiled for, like, what commander decks are allowed to print as, like, an include in a deck. Like, you look at the the 2019, like, free spells and, like, Dockside, for example, as, like, the height of, like, what they're allowed to print as a card to put in the 99. Um, but, like, even still, like, we have a lot of really interesting cards that are, like, seen play. Like, uh, we, we talked about Everybody Lives last, uh, last episode. Uh, I saw a bunch, I saw Flesh Duplicate come out this weekend and thought, okay, this card's pretty cool. Like, it's just, it's just another solid clone effect at two mana. And it's a little bit more restrictive on the mana cost, but it's, it's a targetable thing, which matters if you're playing, like, Displacer Kitten strategies. Um, yeah, or a lot of other things too, right? You can, like, the um, Storm cards, yeah. Yeah, you can target it with a Swords to Plowshares or whatever if you're mm -hmm. an opponent and actually get it out of there permanently, mm -hmm. which sometimes matters. Like, sometimes if a image gets sacrificed because it was targeted, that's bad for the table. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I think you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I think I need to take another dive onto the to the set list and see if there's anything interesting in there that I can get my fingies all up in. I will say there's one card that I think is kind of interesting. Um, it's called Don't Blink. Um, I think I've read this card. Yeah, it's basically a containment priest effect until the end of turn. So it's blue, but it's in blue. So it's blue in one for an instant. It says it has the same text as Containment Priest until the end of the turn. Oh yeah, yeah, this creature is going to enter the battlefield. A non-token creature it is exiled instead, and then the card also has just cycling two. Just, just because, on there, just because, just yeah. because you know, if the card's dead in the matchup, we wouldn't want someone to have to hang on to it, would we? Yeah, heaven, heaven forbid <laughs> the card in your hand is actually dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so my 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 tournament experience, uh we hit we hit the stride baby we went say it with me now one and three let's um, go let's go we hit statistical average for four person free for all let's go uh i i i, I kid um I, I i i think i say this a lot after every tournament but i feel like i i continue to play the best possible game i can given my own restrictions of i'm just not going to play the best color in the game um, and, but like, I, I think after this tournament, I think I've gained the confidence that I don't, I, I think I can fully separate like my need of like wanting to play blue. Like absolutely blue helps immensely having access to counter magic, having access to the best draw spells in the game, the best draw engines in the game. Um, the, just the, the, the gameplay that like Rhystic Study and uh, Mystic Remora being a card advantage and stacks pieces. Like I understand that I'm playing a worse game full stop like i just i understand that <laughs> i understand i'm playing suboptimally it's okay um because it's i kind of i kind of went in with a theory of like i i don't know how often i'm going to be like properly or like fully interacted with in a way that like matters a lot because 
I, I view I view baby pod in such a way that like I'm trying to clear a bunch of different things. I'm trying to like as the game progresses, figure out where everybody's hand is based off of what I'm trying to do to push my advantage. Oh, you let a creature resolve that you probably shouldn't have resolved. Okay, we might be light on counter magic, or we might not know what we're doing. Or oh, my tutors have resolved. Like all my tutors are very much worth grabbing with Oppo. That means there's no Oppo floating around. And like like these like kind of checklist things as they go off and like my creatures hardly got countered all day like at, that's good yeah like hardly at all so i'm like okay that's that's interesting uh, that's that's kind are challenging to counter <laughs> they're very very count uh challenging to counter um but no i i i have full confidence in the list i think it's just a matter of i need to just refine my my mulligan patterns um and refine like some more of like my micro gameplay um a little bit definitely it always can be tightened up here and there but i think for the most part i think i'm i think i'm on a lock i think i'm on a good path uh, and then like always always just like you know improving the mental and all that stuff you know the, the the bit by bits to try and climb higher and higher but we'll we'll get there we'll get there um so one in three uh started off the day kind of rough um i was well, actually i have my notes this time i didn't actually tear out my paper hold on I think I, I think I mentioned this, but every single time I go to a big tournament, I write down uh, just a like a small little like four by or like four by four little like two by two grid of like seat positions, mulligans, who who's who's playing what and all that stuff. So this is yep, this is this is the first game. So uh, game one, I was seat. I was seat three. Um, let's see, we had. Um, we had Tyam in seat one, we had Kinnan in seat two, me in seat three, and Yeva in seat four. Um, I kept what I thought was a pretty solid hand. I kept, like, three lands and, like, four tutors, which is, like, kind of what I was expecting that game to go. Uh, it, the game was very different than what I was hoping it to be, because I didn't, I came to the conclusion really, really late that there's only one blue player in the pod, and when that's the case, I need to just step on the gas. Um, the Kinnon player stepped on the gas very, very hard. We got, <laughs> we got Basalt Monolith on turn two. They're, it was insane. They went turn one Dork into turn two uh, Land, Kinnon, uh, Soul Ring, Basalt Monolith. Or, no, I think they had, Mo and they also had a Mox open there as well. So they were just there. Just hard there, and they just stepped on the gas, and their flips were, oh my god, their flips were insane. It was crazy. The first flip they resolved, Jingitaxis. The second flip they resolved, Void Widower. Not well, that was a very good game, and very, I guess we will move to next. <laughs> yeah, no, I, although I was proud of myself. I, I, ha I cast a D-Tutor on turn two to find a Solitude, and the Solitude was impactful, because you know what their, their third flip was? Timed Tide Spout Tyrant. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they cast a spell after flipping Tide Spout Tyrant. I went, everyone went, you have the Solitude, right? I'm like, of course I have the Solitude. I had to tutor for it. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, the Yemo player was like, yeah, I had a feeling you either had the Solitude and your tutor was to either find the Solitude or find a white card to pitch to Solitude. I'm like, you're not wrong. Because uh, it was really funny. I had, a, I had an interesting decision. I'm like, I, I, had, I pitched a uh, Soul Partition. I, I contemplated... Uh, instead of detutoring for solitude, holding up the soul partition. I'm very glad I, I found the solitude because I wouldn't have been able to stop the Tyspo Tyrant because there's yeah. a void when we're on the battlefield. And the Jinkataxis. And the Jinkataxis. I'm like, holy shit, I just big brained my way out of that. Um, so that was that game. Uh, game two was the only game I won all day. 
my God, what a nail biter of a game. Holy. So, do, 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 do. all right. So, game two, I was seat two. Um, uh, Holland was in seat one. I was in seat two. Uh, we had an Urza, uh, Liberator, or a Liberator of Urza, the, the colorless flash guy. Um, uh, poor, poor dude. He was, he was just, he was just top locked all day. Uh, he just couldn't find anything with the sensei's top, but he just, he, he kept looking, he kept flipping with that, with that top. And then seat four, we had a, a, a TNT player. Um, very, very interesting game. Uh, I narrowly won. Uh, the game went crazy. The Holland player had a, uh, approach to the second sun that came out like kind of early on. And at that point, I politicked them into being enemy number one. Guys, I'm going to keep track of every single card they draw. They had this many cards in. We can't let the, we can't let them get to and cast Approach of the Second Sun because we will just die on cast. Um, like, like counter spells don't work here. I we we discussed this uh, previously, but I didn't fully understood how the card worked. I thought I did, um, but. It worked out a little bit in my favor because I was able to essentially build from underneath their threat, which is what I aim to do a large part of the time. Um, barely squeaked by on my win through the narrowest of margins. Uh, the uh, Urza Liberator player had a... Uh, it was called... We called it Rug. Uh, it's the three-mana artifact creature. Storm, lose life. Equal oh, storm smothering count. Smothering Rug. Smothering Rug. Um... Basically knocked out the TNT player uh, because they stopped me. They tried to stop me and then realized they died to the rug trigger um, too late. It's kind of unfortunate. Um, and I got knocked to one health. Um, and I thankfully had a death right shaman on the battlefield to pump my life. Okay, so this is, this was the turn. I was at nine health. I had four counters on my ring. I lost... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I had five counters on my ring. I dropped to four health immediately from the ring trigger. I had a mana crypt out. I'm like, please don't let me lose this roll. Please don't let me lose this roll. I lost the roll. At that point, I'm like, I can't cast any of these cards in my hand. I need to gain life somehow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Deathrite Shaman. I can gain two life. I can cast at least one spell, which is all I needed. I needed to cast my Vivian... Favorite one mana planeswalker. Oh my god, it's... Oh, card's so fucking good. I understand why it's banned in everywhere, every format. It's so fucking good. I love the card so much. Um, but thankfully, I only need to cast one spell. I had like four three drops on the battlefield, a bunch of mana and a Vivian, and all the key pieces in the deck. I was just able to gun it. It was mm, spectacular. Um... Then game three was ugh, game three was a fucking slug fest. Oh my god! So, um, so it was I was seat four, uh, seat one was Tivit. Then we had uh, Atraxa, and then another Atraxa. I mold to four this game. I kept Fetchland. No, it was the it was it was it was the game that I won. I mold to four. I forgot that entirely. That's the reason why I was able to get away with so much, is I multi four. The multi four and the four I kept was Fetchland, Lotus Pell, Noxious Rival, uh, Bowmasters. I'm like, this Bowmaster's gonna have to do a lot of work. And it did a lot of work. It was incredible. Um, no, uh, game two, or game three, um, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get anything productive done until people started fighting. Uh, the second attractive player had to multi three. And at, as soon as they reached multi-four, uh, multi my game plan became, 
I need the Tidbit player and the other Atraxa player to wage war on each other. And then I will just be there causing chaos and trying to find my window as best as possible. I got so goddamn close. I kept like a pretty slow conservative start because I knew I knew there was going to be counter magic early. I knew there was going to be a lot of interaction prepared early in case either one of the other attract uh, either one of the blue black players decided to try and go for an early Thorgle. I knew early wins were not going to happen. So I cast my I cast Warlock on two. I cast DI on three, paying for a Rhystic Study to grab Jahira because everybody took the clues. So I just had eight clues in the battlefield, and I'm like, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a dock I'm gonna play my own personal dock side for ten. Uh, and it was great that 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 Jahira kept me alive in the game, and it just it ground and ground and ground and ground and ground. And I tried my damnedest. I had to loop a necromancy to prevent the Tivit player from going off to try and politic them into holding interaction to try and stop the attractive player, but. They just the tracks the player just got there. They just they just had everything and just were at the right place at the right time and played a solid solid game. I just could not stop them no matter what I did. And then game four, I played the mirror. I got to play with Zach, the guy whose list I I bit off of and made my own. Um, and he stomped me really hard. <laughs> he, he crushed us. It was insane. His hand was nuts. It was like turn three Richter. It was insane. So how's the pairing into the mirror? Do we think? Um, oh, it's so swingy. It's so, so swingy, especially because that pod was, uh, it was, uh, another, t so t I was fourth seat again, uh, seat one was Tyam, then we had baby, then we had the mirror and baby pod, and we had Jimna. The game was going to be decided by whoever went, f whoever got to go off first, he got to go off first. <laughs> And it was Oops. incredible. His start was nuts. He had rant, He had turn one dork into turn two viscerasir plus max into turn three raptor. Wow. Yeah. Wow, was, that's something else. It was nuts. My hand was just not good. I thought I kept something decent thinking, oh, we're going to play slightly responsible. We had the table with us play slightly responsible. I was also expecting the tie-in player to have stacks pieces they were going to develop early. They just didn't get off to a fast enough start to develop stacks pieces. That's unfortunate. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But, like, e even then, like, uh, apart from, like, readjusting my mulligan priorities, like, I, I still feel like I did as good as I could. I think I played my heart out. I think I played at the highest level I have been playing all year long. And I think I left everything on the table. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, I was a little, like, bummed that I didn't do well. Or, like, well, the one in three dream baby, it stays alive another time. But I... I think that I have made substantial progress in terms of my own play, even if my record doesn't uh, necessarily dictate that. Well, honestly, that's a huge step too, though. It's just like recognizing that you feel you have made progress and like then you can capitalize on that in the new coming year. You can be like, okay, well, we did 1-3. We made it to 1-3 at the end of last year. Now this year, we're going to do 2-2, two, two, baby. We're going to go 2-2. Go two two. It's going to be great. I'm going to start seeing top cuts. I'm going to I'm going to start seeing prizing for the first time. It's going to be incredible. We're going to start to dominate the world and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um which like I I I couldn't have asked for a better send off for the year cuz this is uh this is going to be my last tournament for the year. I'm not going to be able to go to the RC due to uh retail world not letting me work over Thanksgiving weekend or close to it. But even then I just I don't think I would be personally uh, mentally prepared for that like scale of a tournament at this point. I just I think I would get eaten alive if I'm being honest. So we're going to we're going to take some time, we're going to mess around with some other decks, we're going to try some other stuff. And then baby pods can be back 2024, baby. We're gonna take it over. But yeah, that's that was that was that was that was yield yield tournament experience experience. Um, 
the tournament went went pretty well uh for the most part i think uh apart from like i, I wish we actually got a lunch um and uh my my game two and my game three just went super long uh both those games went into time and they were like 20 plus minutes into time each game i went from slugfest to slugfest and i was just so 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 spent that yeah the not the, not getting a lunch just always takes it out of you yeah. every single time it, it really does thankfully i had enough time to uh walk to a, a grocery store slam down a plate of deli sushi slam energy drink and just get right back into the saddle so i at least i at least got a little bit of a break to like reset my mental but yeah no just back-to-back -back game is just oh terrible 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 and that was that was really my only like actual complaint about the tournament is like i wish i got a longer lunch but like it is what it is in terms of like deck changes i are you happy with the changes that you made like going into the tournament and do you think like yeah i think sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there you're, I think you're good the only um i think the only major change that i had in the list was like literally the night before i decided to cut soul partition because it just wasn't feeling like the extra removal was doing all that much mm -hmm. i slotted in agatha's soul cauldron i noticed that yeah how was how was the soul cauldron for you i think i saw it in two games and it played fine it tests it's it tested well it played fine um the incidental graveyard hate is strong i don't think that it's necessarily like a keeper in the deck but i do like that it just once a turn i can eat a card out of the, the most threatening breach player's graveyard it gives me options to hate out someone's breach line we give them the led for their civilians reclamation they flash back their sevrec and target their breach and i eat their breach in response like it's just things like that that you can and it's just another effect you can get away with under silence mm -hmm. um not, not a grand demolisher unfortunately but something you can get get away with under a silence and it incidentally just like if you do happen to eat uh like if dockside gets thrown into someone's graveyard or if like a bloom tender or something like that you can eat those creatures pump your esper sentinel with the counter and then it also gains that text um yeah the, mm -hmm. the orcish bowmaster also goes crazy with that card since uh you can even if it's like a sack effect or something every time it amasses uh you get a new counter on a new creature so you could sack it um it's oh, that's uh, cool yeah that's cool yeah so like you get a ra someone's ranger captain onto the bowmaster token or whatever oh my uh, god your upkeep i'll sack it oh i draw a card okay i'm gonna sack it again just things like that is uh it's just really interesting and uh the color fixing isn't negligible um it matters sometimes just color fixing to kenrith's ability it was okay um i haven't made any other changes to the list i'm not sure that i will um before the next regional championships i might there are a couple cards that i'm looking at but uh i haven't decided anything yet okay okay yeah no because i know um like prior to the tournament we were discussing like grave hate options for you because you were talking about how like you feel like you basically only lose to breach these days yeah it is under an underworld breach world out there and i do hate that card a lot but it's so cool it's very cool and i do not enjoy losing to it <laughs> that's fair that's fair <laughs> yeah uh breach was a card like i was like sort of considering but i think the issue is like i'm just i'm putting enough stuff into the graveyard just through like my tutors and stuff like that but like ah eh, i don't know if it's better than anything else that i'm 
doing right now. It's a good card, don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't know if it does enough for the list. I think I still need to test it out and just see how I see how I feel about it. Um, because it's a card that I, I'm strongly considering. I just I think I just want another like thing to do. I don't necessarily know if I want like a breach outlet for it. Um, like I probably would just be playing grinding station if I really want to like put a breach combo into the deck. But I don't even know if I want a breach combo. I think I just want like actual value breach. It's just like a good thing to do. You know, you you talk about like how you're not on like intuition like like 100 intuition piles, but like you're on like a lot of skill intuitions. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I'm just like I I think I can see a world where I decide to slot it in. Um. And the I, I have made some changes already to Baby Pod. I think I'm on. Uh, I think I want to be on two more stacks effects. I think back on Dathy Voidwalker. I think I'm gonna try and find a cut for Deafening Silence because I think Deafening Silence came out in my game four, and it felt pretty good to just play my game with a Deafening Silence on the battlefield. So I think I'm gonna didn't try. Didn't really and... feel like it affected you at all. I didn't really care about it whatsoever. I did not care. Like I, I am effectively trying to cast one non-creature and a bunch of creatures on any given turn anyway. Um, the only times that, like, Deafening Silence sucks is when I have to, like, Worldly Tutor and, and, like, Demonic Tutor, or, like, I have to be able to cast, like, two, two non-creature spells, or, like, I'm holding, like, a Necromancy, or, like, a Cord, or, like, a Saw on top of, like, my Tutors, or, like, Birthing Pod effects, or, like, whatever like that. Um, like, the only instances where it matters, but I don't, I think in those instances, I think I just jam regardless, so, and just hold the other pieces up for later on anyway. Like, I'm gonna, like, Deafening Silence is going to prolong the game. Like, I will just be able to cast those spells eventually. Um, and then I, I've been swapping around a lot of, like, the, like, additional, like, tutor cards. Um, I was, I played Fiend Artisan for this event because, uh, I decided I wanted to cut draw engines in favor of more tutors. Um, to Interesting. Help. I, and I'm not sure how I feel about that theory, because my, my current thinking is... Sure, drawing cards is good, and I should be drawing cards. However, there is a small percentage chance that, like, a Kiki piece ends up in my hand, and, like, and it gets a little bit harder to, like, combo off. Whereas, if I can just tutor more for the cards that I do want, I can have a more reliable way to keep the Kiki cards in my deck. But also, like, I'm fine with the Kiki cards being in my hand. Like, they're good. Like, Karma Guide fan is not great. It's a little expensive for the rate, but it's it's good. It's good enough. Um, and, like, Felder Guardian, I'm so happy casting Felder Guardian to any board state this deck produces. I'm so happy with that card's in my hand. Kiki Jiki is just the one card I don't like drawing. It's a little bit hard to cast and a little bit awkward and a little too easy to, like, stop me from doing my thing. Yeah, I, I guess I understand that just me as a control player. I just, especially with, like, Opposition Ancient being a card, I'm just yeah. like, oh, I want those draw engines. Oh, yeah. Every single time. Yeah, and that's, and that's, like, it's, um, it's a different, like, thought process of like well i'm already losing to this card like i already lose to opposition agent if i lose harder to it like i was already losing hard to it is is kind of like the well like i'm already 100 i'm already zero to 100 on this card like is 100 is losing to it 105 like to zero like that much of a difference um it also means that my hands get more tutor dense which is generally where i want to be but i i still think i want to be on a couple more draw engines in the stack I just, I, I need some way of punishing people for playing the game by giving me cards. Yeah, that's reasonable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those, and then I, I think, I think the Fiend Artisan came out because I think it's just a little too slow. It's really good. It's really, really good. But the fact that I have to wait a whole turn before I'm able to use it is, it's not great. It's Sometimes it gives your opponents too much time to react. Yeah. And it's, and if I don't have any creatures in the yard, like it dies to just a random bow masters, like just, and like, 
if I cast it and don't have a creature in the yard, that invites people just going, well, I guess I can just cast this Bowmasters and kill this thing. And I go, well, that's my only game plan. Um, so I'm 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 going to actually try out Pyro of Heroes, which is a card that um, Zach was, had, had talked to me about previously. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's whatever. Um, but like after this weekend, uh, like just giving, giving, uh, Warnog more utility, uh, cause I have a lot of really good three job, uh, humans that I really want to find a lot of the time. Like, I find Ranger Captain, I can find Opposition Agent, Ewit, uh, Jahira, like the options are there. Um, I haven't, and the rest of the lines aren't like great, but it's mostly there to just enable Will or Warnog better. But that's... Those are, those are mostly the changes that I'm going to make to the deck, and I think they're going to be good. I Like I said, I, I think I still want more draw engines in the deck, uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'll am I'm have to find the cuts for it, I think. I don't think there were... There, there were very few... Were there any cards that... I guess I guess I kind of asked this already, but, like, any cards that you, like, are looking at in a new light being like, yeah, this really didn't do a whole lot, or, like, didn't do what I was fully expecting or wanting it to do? I can't really say that that I have run into it much like that. I think probably the the closest card to that would be Agatha's, right? It's just mm -hmm. like that's like the one flex slot that I feel is like left in the list, really. Mm -hmm. There are other cards that I can test as newer or different things, but on the whole, the shell for my list is pretty locked and I I feel like the list complements myself and I complement the list very well. Mm -hmm. And uh I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm being bottlenecked by my deck or vice versa. So the everything feels really good. It's just a matter of like just playing just becoming a better player every time, right? And I just gotta make sure that I'm I'm improving each time. Yeah, absolutely. And like yeah, I yeah, I I don't think there are any like glaring issues that I see when I look at your list. Um I, I've been, I was on, I'm on Dark Ritual. I think if I'm going to go on Deafening Sounds, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm going to cut Dark Rit. It's like, it's, it's fine. Like, it helps me get out, like, a turn one birthing pot or, like, a turn two, like, one ring. And, like, those are good, but, like, it doesn't feel, like, super duper necessary. Like, I'll just cast the cards eventually. Yeah, that was, that was, that was like, the only card that, like, I'm not, like, super high on anymore. Every other card that, like, I saw and played and cast, um, all felt really good. Really, really good. I I do like the idea of the Pyre of Heroes, though. That seems like it would it would slot in pretty nicely. Yeah, I think I need to just, like, re... Uh, and it's already in there right now. Um, I think... I don't think I need to, like, reinvent any, like, lines or, like, change any creatures or whatever. It's just gonna be, like, a cool, like, incidental thing. But, like, it mainly exists to pot away Warnog into other value things. Yeah. Closing remarks on... on oh, uh, we, we talked about the finals game. We didn't talk about who the winner was. Who, oh won, yes. who won the who won the tournament at? How could we have missed that? Uh my friend, our friend, Jared, did a fantastic job piloting their way, snaking their way up from like sixth place all the way to first. Um, so they uh they navigated every hurdle and crawled right in there. Um uh, fourth seat at the winner's table, they did a fantastic job. Uh they were playing Demir Malcolm, so uh, Malcolm and Tevisat. Uh so kudos to them. And uh, I, have, I was talking to them some more, and they're really excited to play at the regional championships coming up and like fight more and a wider variety of opponents um, and just get even stronger. So Heck yeah. congrats to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Big congratulations to Jarrett. Uh, <laughs> Jarrett was talking to me literally the day before. He's like, yeah, it would be really cool if I like I like got a play map. But he's like, I don't know about trying to like beat Atlas. That'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> well he did he, he most did. certainly did he did no i'm i'm so proud of him 
Jared's my boy. I'm I'm very happy for him. He he absolutely deserved the win. All right. Well, I got nothing more to add to the to our little tournament talk. Uh, any anything you feel like we left out or we missed out on? I don't think so. I think we've covered just about everything that was important from this weekend. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, if we saw you at uh this weekend, happy to see you. Hope to see you at the next one. Uh, Atlas, always a pleasure being able to talk tournament games with you. Yep, yep. We will catch you later, everybody.